Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we get the preseason pats on the back for Tech as a team and a couple of Red Raiders specifically, and also highlighting another wise young man who puts Waco in his rear view and chooses the promised land of Lubbock, Texas. Next, a Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Great to be back with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always appreciate being your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And after some time away, Chris, great to be back with you again. And man, we are coming back, diving into a pile of good news for your Red Raiders. On many fronts to cover, we'll get to today and as the week rolls on. Of course, we got Big 12 Media Days just around the corner. And Chris, as we kick off this episode, we're touching on something that's a part of kind of that season warm-up. As you get closer to Media Days, you get closer to fall camp, you start to get preseason polls from both media and other perspectives. And we've got one of those to digest today, among other things, as you saw a Big 12 media preseason poll uh, hit the wire not too long ago and Texas Tech making a showing there in the fourth spot. I think you and I both knew that there would be a brighter light shown on the Red Raiders as you enter this season. But as you and I talked a little bit about last week, I'm sorry, uh, wait, two weeks ago, what month is it? Um, We (laughs) wondered kind of what category does that mean Texas Tech is in? Is it a contender category? Is it a dark horse category? Is it an afterthought category? Well, this is anything but an afterthought, Chris. I think definitely the the contender category is what I'm seeing here is you've got Longhorns, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Texas Christian rounding out the top five, then Baylor, Oklahoma State, Central Florida, Kansas, Iowa State, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and West Virginia uh, rounding out the remainder of the list. So how did you process this, Chris? Probably not too surprised to see the company the Red Raiders were keeping, I imagine. Well, it's no, not surprised at all. I think we thought this was kind of a bit of a sweet spot. I think third, fourth, fifth, I would have had a probably a bit of an issue if you'd have said that they were uh, fifth, but I, I, you you probably could have easily argued that, that point. Uh, I I think it's the first time since 2010 that Kansas hasn't picked, been picked dead last in the league, just to give you an idea how different (laughs) this, this poll is. Um, (laughs) And then we have the the newbies that I think that you're not real sure. You, you know, you don't know what you don't know. I guess is the is the thing. <laughs> I think we all think UCF factors in to this deal, but there's some unknown here. And then you base it on like Oklahoma is just ahead of you, but I I just if you look at like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State schedules, and you see these lists of like easiest schedules or or whatever, uh, it, it is. It, it, I can easily understand and grasp why they Oklahoma was picked where they were because they just they don't have anything substantial in non-conference. They, they don't play anybody until they play Texas. Uh, they, they miss some of the key teams in the league overall. And so again, because it's not it's not it like it used to be where everybody plays everybody. So this is a bit of a you're projecting a bit and you, and you're kind of having to, to assume. Okay, well look at their schedule or they don't actually have to play these teams and, and, and this and that. So it's kind of uh, – but the Red Raiders, I thought, 
they were going to be a top half of the of the league team for sure. And and keep in mind, this isn't the end all be all. There's not a ton of people that vote in this, <clears throat> but it, but I will tell you too that I think this is you're at six years in a row where somebody from the outside the top two has played in the title game. And so, you know, odds are it's not going to be Texas and Kansas State who are picked one and two in this league playing in the uh, title game in Arlington. So why not make it seven? Why not make it the Red Raiders? Well, it's kind of an interesting uh, contrast that that you're kind of touching on there. Uh, The one thing you can count on typically from this poll is that the media will get it entirely wrong. Um, So just know that going into it. Now, there are two very traditional ways in which they get this very wrong. They will incredibly overvalue the University of Texas. Let's see where they are this year. Oh, number one on the list. How could that go wrong? And they will undervalue who? Kansas freaking State. Kansas State is like always the one that is so far on the back end preseason and then near the front of the bus whenever you're getting closer to the postseason, Chris. So my head is spinning. I don't know what to make of the Longhorns and K-State being there together. Will either one of them be there at the end of the year? Who knows? Uh, But I do kind of think, Chris, from the standpoint of – Texas Tech's perspective, you're really needing a guy like Joey McGuire during this time. And it's, I think it's kind of silly to say it that way because you couldn't have this time without Joey McGuire. So I don't want to act like there's just some coincidence here. Hey, they've arrived together. And boy, how lucky you are that when you've got a spotlight, you've also got a head coach like Joey McGuire. Some of that makes sense, but some of it is also, again, a result of having a head coach like Joey McGuire. I certainly understand that. But I think he is the kind of guy at least I'm banking on it, to really get a locker room into the mindset of embracing that spotlight and embracing some looking at you as a team that should compete. I think there's you know plenty that's comfortable for Texas Tech, at least fans, uh, about you know kind of being the underdog or punching up or being the disruptor, you know, those kinds of things. Obviously, that's been the position that you've been in far more often uh, than the alternative. But in this situation, Chris, I'm 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 hearkening. Can you feel me hearkening? Will you hearken with me? I'm hearkening back to some of the things we've heard from Coach McGuire this offseason. And man, he has been inflating that hype balloon uh, like I've never seen before. And I don't think it's you know unjustified or anything like that, but it's been very interesting to observe. But I think that's kind of what you want when you have a chance to be a team like Texas Tech has a chance to be nobody's going to rise to low expectations and certainly coach McGuire is spurring them on to rise to those higher expectations. And it's been a, at least for me, I don't know about you, but it's been really a new experience, I guess, as a fan, just traveling through an off season to kind of bear witness to this. So I know we're all hoping they make good on it because that's the last thing you want to do is fall flat on your face when you've got high expectations, but there's a mindset change that has to go along with it, Right to be the kind of program that they're trying to be, you've got to become one that thinks they're that kind of program. I think day in and day out, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, Joey's, you know, he, he's kind of, uh, he hasn't asked for the spotlight, but he's kind of put his team in the spotlight because he's basically kind of told you in so many different ways. He hasn't just been braggadocious uh, about it, but he, he will, you know, in different ways tell you we've got a chance we've got a really good team and I think he's not shying away from that I think to your point you know what you lack I think and why it's easy to justify uh you you not being like a top team yet and this is what ultimately may decide this thing as we go through 
is do you have star power? You know, do you have do you have guys or somebody on this team that will emerge into being a a game breaker, an all conference guy, somebody that can turn a game for you, win a game for you, whatever it may be? Uh, because I, I just I, I go you, you mentioned the word harken. I harken back to the Big Twelve title game last year when those two purple teams were playing and. <laughs> Deuce Vaughn was that guy for the Wildcats, man. Email oh, yeah. all day, right? I mean, we knew where the ball was going. We knew he was going to make plays. He was going to be a pain to deal with. And he was going to play winning football. But but who is this for you? And, and I will say this. You could have a variety of different guys. We could even argue, you know, who that is going to be if we had to pick one or two guys. But that's, to me, the kind of the difference between – upper tier maybe and kind of where, where you're picked if that makes sense sure. and I even have the same question about Oklahoma there's no CD Lamb or Eric Gray or uh, Marvin Mims or anybody on Oklahoma's roster again that we're aware of now one will right. likely emerge for you and them but that's kind of as you project it you know that's kind of where I think a bit of the difference is I think when you're talking about each of these teams and where you'd slot them on this list, you got a couple of bullet points that probably go along with that. And certainly one of, say, three bullet points for Oklahoma as you enter the season will always be about the schedule. There's just no way to get around that because that was one of the things that was um, unavoidable, uh, unable to be missed whenever the schedules were released. Coming up dead ahead, maybe I could throw a name at you that could be a candidate to be a game breaker for the Red Raiders. Let's get to a couple of preseason all Big 12 mentions for Texas Tech next on Locked on Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by Bird Dogs, making you look good, feel great for all occasions. The most versatile shorts in the world. They're stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thine leg, giving you that sculpted look you're after. Look down at your legs right now. Bulky fit? What do you look like, an empty duffel bag down there? There is a solution, friends and neighbors, and it's with my friends at Bird Dogs. They're looking around at these stiff, restricting fabrics, and they decide, hey, clouds in the air, knit fabric in my hand, boom, smash them up, and what do you got? Cloud knit fabric made from free-roaming, free-ranging, organic clouds. Look just like khaki, but they stretch in a way that gives you a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice Movement, and of course, they also include that anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that's going to keep you cool and dry all day long. So right now, go to birddogs.com slash college, or you can enter the promo code LockedOnCollege at birddogs.com for a free Yeti-style tumbler with every order. That's birddogs.com slash college, or the promo code LockedOnCollege for a free Yeti-style tumbler with every order order you won't want to take your bird dogs off i promise you that and you won't have to because they're the most versatile short pants known to man grilling chilling thrilling bird dogs are going to be there for you giving you the stretch without sacrificing fit get in on it now and experience it firsthand at birddogs.com slash locked on college that's birddogs.com slash locked on college Glad to be back in the saddle with you on Locked On at Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. Talking Red Raiders within the preseason media poll landscape as a team just a moment ago, but want to get to some individuals that we're also getting 
some attention from a preseason standpoint, that being uh, Jerron Bradley, wide receiver, and defensive lineman Jalen Hutchings, the two Red Raiders appearing there on a preseason all-Big 12 team. And Chris, as you were touching on just a moment ago, game breaker, that individual that when the chips are down, backs are against the wall, maybe sometimes your uh, chicken soup recipe is turned to chicken spit, and you need somebody to just flat out make a play. Who can make a play? I can. You want that guy, right? You want that guy with that type of attitude. I don't know who it's going to be. I think we've touched on already. We had an episode last week about some of the most explosive players we see heading into 2023. A couple of different candidates. But as far as this preseason All-Big 12 team mention is concerned, Jerron Bradley is certainly on that list. He gets a mention here. And boy, I hope we are saying his name quite a few times this year back within that game breaker uh, type of context. He, he is definitely a, uh, a red zone threat. Uh, I think right now, I think he absolutely deserves to be somebody that is in this conversation. And, and obviously the, the first team all conference based on his numbers from last year. And you look at, you looked at his numbers last year and you compare that to what everybody else in the league, you know, did last year and coming back uh, with the whiteouts coming back and everything. And he absolutely belongs in that conversation with, uh, with with the top wideouts and first team recognition doesn't mean that you know he can take that and and exceed it or or be better than last year. But I think uh, seven touchdowns, about seven hundred yards, give or take. And and, it, and a lot of this was as the season went along, he just kind of got better and played his best football at the tail end of the year. I do think um, you know you know the, the questions about Jerron Bradley are like if we're going to talk about him being in terms of like being a dude for you, man, being like a, a guy that speed is always going to be a question with him, you know, just, just pure quickness, speed, explosiveness. I think he bodies people. I think he plays it. He's, he uses his basketball skill set uh, with leverage and, and he can run. I'm just saying we're talking like next level uh, type twitchiness and, and, and all those things. I think that last year he probably saw some, you know, not necessarily double coverage, but some extra attention. I think this year the benefit of like Dre McCray, of of the speed or, or elusiveness of Cameron Valdez, maybe a healthy Miles Price, some of these things could help players like Jerron Bradley not get so much of the focus and maybe they see more – man-to-man because I think like Wyoming for example I've compared them a lot to like the Iowa State defensively but Iowa State I'm just saying good on defense Wyoming has played typically a lot of man-to-man coverage okay one safety man-to-man coverage they load up the box and try to take away the run game you know Iowa State plays that you know kind of those two that two set high safety look and they don't want to get beat with a big play but somebody like Jerron Bradley in that opener, he could see man-to-man coverage. But I think Loic Fungi uh, could be a guy that if he stayed healthy, which is the only issue that he's had, or, you know, and then maybe we're missing an obvious here, but if, if you're going to be really good, Cowan, I mean, Tyler Shuck. Yeah, no doubt. And on the other side of the line of scrimmage, Jalen Hutchings gets a, gets a mention, Chris. Uh, Hutchings, I have a hard time not mentioning Tony Bradford when I mention Hutchings. They seem like just conjoined defensive lineman twins there to a degree. And I don't know that there is a pair, a duo, or a group of guys that could factor in 
more heavily and do not pardon that pun. Deal with it. It'll be good for you more heavily for the Red Raiders this season. I saw last week uh, kind of a Big 12 preseason outlook. I can't remember the outlet, but, you know, a couple things they were listing about each team. And one of the things I saw, and this just took me aback, for Texas Tech, biggest strength, they said, defensive line. And I'm like, wait, this is the program I root for? Because this is a luxurious time, Chris, if you are entering a season. And not only do you think your defensive line might be leading the charge, but you think you've got a good team. It's not like, boy, these guys are vacant of talent everywhere else. They've just got these two guys on the defensive line that are pretty good, but that's it. No, it's not the case at all. Um, but they do feel like that could lead the charge as far as what Texas Tech could uh, be the stoutest within positional group-wise. That's really exciting just from a football sense because obviously uh, offensive-defensive line work makes the dream work. Jalen Hutchings will be one of those guys leading the charge. Not surprised to see him get a mention, Chris, and won't be surprised to see these guys, Hutchings and company, maybe show up as one of the more impactful defensive fronts in college football this year. Yeah, I don't know who wrote that uh, piece that you read, but whoever did either one of two things happened. They either talked directly to the head coach or, or they <laughs> or they read a lot about what the head coach said. He will tell you flat out, we don't have anybody on this team, especially on the defensive line, that's as dynamic as Tyree Wilson. However, you know, we, we feel like maybe the, the total group is better than it was last year. And so maybe you're, you're deeper – uh, you've got, I mean, w- when they start talking about potentially looking at red shirting Joseph Adetere, right. that, that tell that should tell you a lot. Yes. And, and when I first heard this, I did a double take. I was like, I was like, what? Like, I mean, he, he's one of your best guys. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah, he flashed over and over. Yes. And, and he's, he, but doesn't mean that they're actually going to do it. It's just been talked about. You know, maybe you intend to do it. You can't end up doing it. Maybe you just don't. Can't like okay. You know, we we've changed our mind. We 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 need to use him. Who knows? But I think the conversation tells you a lot, and I think that you what you're reading there has a lot to do with. Because I mean, they, they this is a group that fared very well in the spring, and and, and from some names that not a lot of people. I've heard a lot from. No question, man. It's an exciting time on both sides of the football, particularly if you're talking defensive front, feeling really good about it. A lot more hope invested in feeling good about the offensive front, a conversation for another episode. But man, if you can get busy in the trenches, then I absolutely believe you'll be back in that contender category as we've referenced already on the show today. All right, let's wrap it up with something that once again uh, made Chris Level, Karnak, The Magnificent, something predicted on this show a few weeks ago and came to fruition during our time away. Another guy that will be aiding in that effort, trying to get Texas Tech into the category of contender. A.J. McCarty is a Red Raider now, former Baylor defensive back, will be going to work for Tim DeRuiter and company. We'll discuss his arrival and the impact on Texas Tech defensively next on Locked on Texas Tech. Glad to have you along for the ride on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network with Chris. I'm Casey. Lots of Red Raider football to discuss today. And we've actually got, in addition to the Red Raider football barrel of fun, a Red Raider basketball barrel of fun to dive into on tomorrow's episode. So be back here with us as we recap some good news for Grant McCaslin and company. And now that roster seemingly rounded out. So we'll have some thoughts on what that picture looks like. 
but the football barrel of fun continues today. My office is full of barrels. We've got to tackle some of these barrels here this week, Chris. My wife is getting annoyed, I believe. Um, AJ McCarty, Chris, originally mentioned on this show and given like uh, if this was a weather warning alert system or like player warning alert system, I think AJ McCarty was first mentioned kind of in the category of keep an eye on this. And then we advanced like seven to 10 days. And I think he advanced to the category of likely to be <laughs> a Red Raider. Then we advanced a few more days and I'll be damned. AJ McCarty makes the call for the good guys. Former Baylor defensive back. Seems like he's kind of on the line of, was he expected to be a starter? Could be a starter for Texas Tech. Is he more rotational? Whatever it is, and I'm interested to hear some of your thoughts on that. We know you're getting some experience as far as college football is concerned. And a guy that had a pick six against you, for crying out loud, in your building a season ago. So glad to have this guy on board any way you slice it. But how do you see him actually fitting in? This is one of those I, – I think uh, Texas Tech has started to use the portal in, in a way that they're trying to – and it, make no mistake, the Matador Club makes this an option for you. Everybody can't operate this way. The Matador Club allows you to go ahead and get involved with a bona fide player, even though you don't have any scholarships to give. You're, you've been out, you've been committed to to those scholarships, but because you can, you know, the Matador Club is allowing you to compensate, you know, up to 120 players. You can yeah. get a player into school that they don't have to pay for school. Okay, hey, so let's let's get hey, that. Hey, by out. the way, Mister Ten Dollar Matador Club contributor out there, we're talking to you. Yeah, Ready to go a thousand percent. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it takes every bit, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so to lay that groundwork, yeah, you're you you kind of can get in on a player like this, and and it makes sense for player and and program, and and you can you have you know realistically something to offer. But I set all that up to say that they've kind of changed philosophies in the portal in that this is somebody that, yes, he can help you immediately if he's eligible, but that's not why you take him. You take him because you're basically planning ahead. Uh, you, you, you've you essentially already solved your problem. Whenever Rashad Williams and Malik Dunlap graduate and they play their last game this next year, it was already going to be a storyline. Okay, man, you're losing both starting corners. Guess what? I can tell you right now, for the most part, okay, I, I may not be completely accurate, but I guarantee you that in any conversation they have, Braylon Lux, who you've just added, you know, what, mm -hmm. month, six weeks ago, and now A.J. McCarty, more than likely starting corners for next year. Mm. And so, but, but, and, you, and you've planned for that ahead of time. You've, you've got, they're, these are bona fide birds in the hand. I mean, I know what they can do. Uh, they've started uh, college football games. One's been a power five guy that you knew and recruited. The other one is somebody that the defensive coordinator, Tim DeRuiter, knew very, very well. And so, uh, and obviously Braylon is going to help you this year. And heck, he can kind of make life interesting for, for Malik and Rayshad this year. Braylon could. I would say the same thing about A.J. McCarty, but – I don't know eligibility-wise. I, I, I could be slightly off here, but I'm, I'm led to believe A.J. McCarty has three years left to play in college. It, but he may only get to play the latter two if he has to sit out the first one. Does that make sense? So he, he's, yes. he's here. 
And if he's immediately eligible based on a waiver, I think then he's going to have three years to play. However, if he has to sit this year, he's still going to have two left. But yeah, he's a he's a guy, man. He's like a guy like I was over the moon excited about this addition because yes. by all accounts, great kid. Uh, the staff knows what they're getting. Something happened at Baylor. It wasn't going to continue there with him and the program and all that. But it, it, it's not, you know, he didn't break a law or anything like that. I mean, uh, I, I don't really know the, the details there, but it just kind of split apart. And so, but they knew what they were getting. But th- this is a guy that's extremely respectful, mature, and they, most of the staff, well aware of who he is and what he's about. Yeah. And you never know with an election or around the corner, man, maybe more pandemic eligibility. Uh, could be coming down the pipe for these guys. So do they have three years, seven years remaining? God only knows where we could be in a couple of years. Really excited about this addition, Chris. I don't know when his impact will be felt necessarily, as you're alluding to there. Anytime we're mention, mentioning waiver or eligibility, things like that, well, let's just hope for the best. But th- this new portal era, man, I'm I'm really enjoying as a fan. Obviously, you've had a lot of success as a program, so the program I root for uh, handling it well probably aids in my excitement. I know some are very miffed about all this. The sentimentality is taking a hit, but I was never sentimental to begin with, Chris. And to now be in this position to be able to go out and get seasoned guys is like a totally new experience. I I mean, once upon a time, the transfer was a four-letter word for the most part because they had done something, you know, untoward that had resulted in, in them being a transfer. And that hadn't gone away. There's still guys out there, obviously, in that category, but they're not all in that category anymore. And I, I don't know. I just kind of like as a fan uh, the ability to see your team, if they can wield it uh, in an influential way, go out and use this uh, to get guys that have experience, have seasoning, and some guys that are making your team better day one that they step on campus. That, that's like a totally new experience, at least for me for as a college sports fan. Yeah, and it's funny because I think uh... – you mentioned the fans are kind of opinions are all over the map. Like if yeah. you ask the common tech football fan right now, or the, or the basketball fan for tech opinions on the portal, they may be, you know, two thumbs up, three thumbs up, very, very favorable. As you ask them right now in the in, in, on this day, ask the Texas tech baseball fan about that same question. <laughs> Good point. Pro- probably going to go, I hate it. it you know, but it's running college sport. Exactly. Now last year, <laughs> baseball obviously got Gavin cash. And at, the, at that time, if you ask them, they're like, okay. okay, I don't know what we've got here, but you know, and so <laughs> it, it just works both ways. Ask the common basketball fan a few years ago, whenever, you know, TJ Shannon and McCullough right. and guys like that are getting in the portal and you're like, man, I hate this. This is, you know, but, in conference transfers are over the line, <laughs> but you pick up you pick up Joe Toussaint, uh, and you get a little Devin Cambridge action. All of a sudden, it's like okay, life uh, life is good. Uh, the sun's a little bit brighter today. That's right. Um, yeah, and and I think that the the portal allows you to to you know it and it it means that recruiting really never stops. You know, there's some new rules that are coming down the pike. I think about you know shortening that that window from 60 to 30 days and things like that. But this is more important in some ways than the, the high school recruiting. And yes. and I'm not trying to demean because, you know, we get excited about the high school kids. There's just like, it, it, it takes a bit, you know, to, for, for those guys to mature, to grow into what they're going to be. And, it, and it's a long play. 
and you need that component. Joey's certainly all in on that component. Don't don't get me wrong. However, I, I get excited about the here and the now because that's what is ultimately winning games. You know, weeks and months away from from when we're sitting here talking, yep. is the guys that can help you and help you right away, and that have done it, like Joe Toussaint and AJ McCarty have. We are inherently studies. In contradiction as people, I suppose, but uh, that's just the way you approach each day now, I guess, as a college sports fan. Day to day to day. You never know how your team can be impacted, reshaped for better or worse. Okay, as we mentioned, tomorrow we're going to get to some of this basketball news that we've got to dive into as Grant McCaslin rounds out his roster, including an in-conference transfer. Who could ever predict a recycling crisis would get you a seasoned guard. It's a wild, wild world out there these days. Join us tomorrow for that conversation. Could be one of our final basketball barrels of fun conversations for a while because you got that football fever. I know you feel it. It's creeping in. It's creeping in. Big 12 Media Days this week. So we'll have plenty coming up in the days to come as the Red Raiders take the mic. So much more on the way. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you miss Nothing. Chris, great to be back with you, man, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Absolutely, man. Fun to be back, uh, ready for kind of vacation season to be uh, over with, ready to embrace the grind, and we're, we're getting closer. Not quite there yet, but, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be here uh, tomorrow talking some hoops. How about That's right. that? We'll do it. Uh, be here, be square, anywhere, podcast, YouTube, anywhere you're getting it, we appreciate it. So we'll see you for the next round. For Chris, I'm Casey. Thanks again for joining us on Locked on Texas Tech.